Welcome to another episode of Riley Plata Radio. This is episode 508. And with me is Nick Reed, special guest, filling in for Owen. He's not with us because he got married this weekend. Uh, to him and Melissa, congrats to them. Uh, it was a very nice uh, wedding, and I'm glad that he's glad that it's over. <laughs> so we got a lot of talk about with Nipper, his trips, his collection, Snake Day, and much, much more. So so we'll get right into it. What's up, Nipper? How you been? Oh, good, mate. How are you? Firstly, how smart did you look at Owen's wedding? Oh, my days. <laughs> Had you, my Godfather app. app you did. <laughs> you did. You looked like the Capita Tutti Kappa. You, was, <laughs> you all looked super smart. Owen scrubs up. He looked great. Yeah. He looked really, yeah. really cool. He, uh, he, he's Scottish, so he had worn his kilt from his family crest and all that stuff, and he got his ties made that it was the same colors as the, as his kilt, and you know, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was cool, but uh, yeah. yeah, good times. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I know he's no, I know he knows that uh, he's glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I can remember when I got married. Very, very stressful. But um, the venue looked amazing. Yeah, it was a beautiful place. It was um, up in, uh, oh, plenty of, uh, like, herping all around, man. It was all it's right there. <laughs> Out in West Pennsylvania, pretty much. Um, it, but, it, did, uh, it, did, it did make me laugh when I knew you was at a wedding and then a little ping happened and you sent me a picture of a toad that you'd found. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, we were walking up to the to do the rehearsal and... Me and Owen are walking by, and I was like, hey, what is that? And it's like, oh, that's a toad. And we're just standing there and looking at the toad. That's <laughs> Everybody awesome. else is like, what are they doing? <laughs> so, but uh, good stuff, good stuff. Um, So, yeah, let's just get into it, man. I don't know where you want to hit. I mean, you're just coming back from Snake Days. Is that what it's called, this show? Tell yeah, me about it. Um, I'm literally, and I mean literally, just back from uh, the Netherlands, Um I drove back. We started early this morning, and we just got back. There were some problems on the uh, on the crossing trying to get across the channel. But mm. I just got back. But um, it's International Snake Day. It's organised by the Dutch Herpetological Society, and mm. um, it's currently the second biggest European show. I do think it's going by the show that's just happened. I think it will t- overtake Ham as the biggest um, show. Um, but this one is specifically for snakes. The normal Houghton shows in Holland are all herps, but this one okay. is sp- specifically just for snakes, and it's mm-hmm. a sort of epicenter to um, to trade in venomous snakes. So um, okay, yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, I was I was uh, I was vending it. Um, well, sort of vending it. We had a little legal trouble over there. Um, we kind of all forgot that the that Great Britain is no longer part of Europe because we Brexited. Right. So we turned up, and normally you can cross any border in Europe with no paperwork or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we set up with everybody else, and it, it is a massive, massive show. So you've got uh, three separate halls. One is strictly mm-hmm. venomous. One is um, sort of... Uh, your bread and butter corns and your morphs and your royals and all that sort of stuff and the other is mm-hmm. it, it, it is just such a range of rare collier breeds and different locality boas and all that sort of thing so it's, it's quite a, a big show so we set up and then uh, i popped to see a friend of mine um in the venomous room 
mm-hmm. just as just as he got raided by um, the Dutch police um, oh. or Dutch border control. So um, they confiscated all of his venomous stuff, and he had lots of king cobras that he bred, and loads of different rattlesnakes. And then we had a, a lot of to in and fro in with legal arguments. Um, while they were doing that, I ran back to the other hall where my stuff was, <laughs> dumped it all in the box into the boot of a car, <laughs> drove my car away, uh, and then went back to the show. Uh, and it took them about two or three hours to sort it out, but eventually they said he could trade there, but he wasn't allowed to sell the King Cobras. They had to be, they had to stay in Holland. So fortunately, okay. fortunately, a friend of his has, has taken the King Cobras, but it was a bit of a nightmare. So we ended up only selling a few snakes. I think we sold four or five snakes, not very many, okay. be- before it happened. But that gave me plenty of time to go shopping. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate, what a show. What a show. Um, yeah. I, I know I, I pinged you and uh, Dustin and the others a, a few pictures, but the, in the Venomous Room... There was around about a hundred traders in the venomous room, wow! Um, with multiple tables, and the amount of species that were for sale was ridiculous. Some completely rare, really rare stuff, and the prices were really good this year. Um, like Mansion Vipers were only fifteen hundred euros, so that's about I don't know fourteen fourteen hundred pounds sterling for for grown oh, wow. on for grown on Mansion Vipers, Mansion Pit Vipers. There was, it was, it made me laugh. There was so many prisci there. I mean, we we, <laughs> we spent we spent days and so much sweat and tears trying to find prisci, and there were literally <laughs> there hun- they are. <laughs> literally hundreds for sale there. Um, there was every subspecies of uh, willardi there, um, and there was represent oh, yeah. Literally every subspecies. There was Aquilis, um, the long-tailed rattlesnake from Mexico, who I can't think of the Latin name. Torchigensis, maybe, but I can't think of the Latin name for that. But every North American rattlesnake was represented at the show. You could you could buy any any of those. Um, I was really chuffed to bits because uh, I had a lifetime snake that I've wanted all my life, and I finally managed to get them. Uh, which was I got a pair of uh, sidewinders. Oh, uh, nice! Which is nice. Um, they had two subspecies of sidewinders there. They had Crotalus cerastis circumbombus and Crotalus cerastis cerastis. I got the circumbombus because I think they're prettier. Other people mm-hmm. might. Other people might disagree, but I'm really chuffed to bits to get them. But um, yeah, it, 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 do they was... do they focus on localities like they do? Very much so, On, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, rattlesnakes yeah. and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say the majority of the rattlesnake people that are breeding and trading are the Germans and Austrians. And as you know, when it comes to the herp hobby, they are the most anal, fussy, <laughs> must know everything about it. So particularly with all, there was a lot of clouberi there and a lot of leopardus there um, and mm-hmm. uh, molossus there and stuff like that. All the all the mounts on the montane stuff, yeah, it was specific mount, which mountain range it, it was from. Um, oh wow! Yeah, they, they they absolutely nailed down with that. There was um, some beautiful examples of Cerberus, equally as nice as the one that we saw. Um, mm-hmm. So I was very tempted with those, but I, I, I stayed strong. I didn't I didn't buy them. They're uh, 
something I'd like to have maybe in the future, but I haven't got space for those at the minute. They get quite big. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, literally um, so many lovely rattlesnake species to see and really nice examples of them. Um, what was it like? I, I'm curious if you saw them differently after seeing some of those species in the wild now that you're seeing them at the show. Was it, was yeah, it a different no, experience? hundred <laughs> uh, percent. I think... I, I think I appreciate them a hell of a lot more now. Mm. Um, certainly, it was nice to see loads of variations because there were quite a few variations of the Clowberi, mm-hmm. which were different to the ones that we saw. Um, right. And to put names to faces, for want of a better word, so you got Durango Mountain uh, was one of the one of the ones that was quite prevalent. But there was there was a lot of different um, Sky Islands named. And to see, to put it into perspective to the ones that we saw in our part of Arizona, to other, right. sky, other sky islands in different parts of um, America, to see the difference in, in coloration and pattern was quite interesting. Um, also, yeah, to, to see Cerberus at a show, mm-hmm. I appreciate, having seen one in the wild, under natural sunlight with the amazing black and lavender coloration... Mm-hmm. When you when you see it in a tub at a show, it it doesn't look it looks good, but it doesn't look anything like as good as to see it and hear mm-hmm. it in the wild. Obviously, right, right, um, and uh, yeah, and and also uh, the black tails. I don't know if we were particularly lucky with the example we well we saw the two that we saw, but again, they the colours were good at the show, but. Different seeing it in the wild and um, under natural light, I think. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of Aatrox there, um, a lot of Aatrox morphs, which doesn't interest me at all, but there was, it, it was very popular. They're so cheap, though. I mean, you're talking... Really? 50, oh, you're talking 50 euros for an Aatrox. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. You know, that's pocket money prices. Wow. And you can have some, you know, something that's going to get to a beast of a venomous snake. It's, it's crazy. Um but yeah, they're, they're, I, I can't think of a species. Of a, the only species I didn't see there, although I've seen it before, I didn't see it on this trip. I couldn't find midget faded rattlesnake. Okay. But everything else was represented there for, for North America. I mean, the Mexican ones, not so much, but the North American ones, yeah, it was crazy. And then, of course, you've got all the Asian stuff. There's so many different pit vipers there. Beautiful mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of Vietnamese stuff. Um, there was a lot of the the bigger stuff. There's a lot of cobras. Um, there's a lot of king cobras from different localities there, which was was good, good to see. Uh, again, so cheap, dangerously cheap for a king cobra. Wow. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. For the um, for the Malaysian, I think which is a common type for the Malaysian for hatchlings, you were looking about 150 euros. Wow. For a something, all right. It's only the size of a little bit bigger than a hatchling corn snake, but it's going to grow really big, right? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's proper dangerous. Um, there was a lot of the arboreal stuff, a lot of uh, Trimerosaurus, um, and some of those. I mean, when you're looking at the white lips, the white lips again, normal white lips, fifty euros. Well, that's a potent snake. And again, it's pocket money prices. Um, wow. And then, then you've got some of the top end, top end stuff like um, Aldabracus and, and stuff like that. Um, 
sorry, Mal- Malabricus, not Aldebaran, it's a tortoise, Malabricus, and things like that, which were thousands, but so rare in the hobby. It was really, really nice to see. And then, uh, of course, you got all the, there was, I think, and I was absolutely stunned, but I think the majority of Bittis was represented. So they ha- they even had Bittis, Worth and Tony there, which is incredibly rare. Wow. Little, little mountain adder. They were there, and lots of uh, Cornuta and um, Rubra and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then there's big South American stuff, Bushmasters and things like that, Lanceheads. Loads of copperheads, <coughs> excuse me, loads of copperheads. It, it was just incredible. What's the species that Phil keeps, the spinning cobras? What are they? Uh, I sent Phil a video. <laughs> I, think, I think I put it on there as well. There were so many sub-Saharan species, which he, which he loves. So, yeah, yeah. All, all the bitters, um sub-Saharan stuff. But wrinkles. There was a whole table that just had wrinkles on it. (laughs) So (coughs) they had them from jet black all the way through to the tiger ones that um, Phil's got really nice examples Mm -hmm. after the tiger ones. But, yeah, they had a whole table of them. They were cheap as chips as well. A lot of of, uh, atherists there as well. Um, Clarechis, Squamigera, and what was the other one I saw? Clarkis Squamigera. Oh, my brain's gone dead. What was the other after this? Oh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche there. Okay. So, yeah, the venomous room was absolutely huge um, and heaving. I spent an awful lot of money because every European Viper was there, including the protected stuff and the border. I think they were border police. They did a raid on another chap to check that he had all his certification for the uh, CITES vipers and all that sort of thing so they were really heavy in presence there which i've never seen at a show before hmm. so it's quite kind of the equivalent of fish and wildlife going to daytona or something like that and literally right. check, checking the status of all the different snakes on the tables um, oh wow yeah so that's interesting yeah i know they did uh i i didn't hear whether it was hard or not hard but uh tinley park was just just past weekend and they just did a uh a vet check you have to have in order to bring animals into the show, which, you know, we talked about it on carpets and coffee, I think, or uh, yeah. I can't remember, <laughs> but uh, it's good or bad. I, I mean, I guess it's good. Uh, you know, I, I don't know whether it's going to hurt people from wanting to do it or, you know, um, not, but that's probably normal over in, in Europe. No, no, it hasn't been, but it is. Oh, really? It's just coming into force now. So when when you go to a show, you have a cursory vet. In, if you're if you're vending at the European mm-hmm. show, you have a cursory vet examination at your table. So literally, the they, they they employ a vet for the show, and he will walk around and just look for snakes that are obviously, you know, unwell, either respiratory or skin problems. But it's very cursory. He won't get them out of the tubs or anything like that. He or she will just walk around and and, and look at what they're uh, what's on your table. That doesn't cost you anything. Um, and obviously, if they see anything on your table that they're not happy with, then you have to take it away from the table. But now, for anybody that's non-European vending at show, you have to have vet certification for every single separate animal. So oh. I think that is going to preclude most non-Europeans for trading at European shows now, because it's too expensive. Right, right. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. Yeah. But um, I must admit, I... 
spent an absolute fortune on European Vipers because they were well <laughs> represented. Um, <laughs> and it's just a kind of rabbit hole that, I've, that, I've, that I'm well down already now. Um, but I've got some really nice examples of Vipera Renardi, which is um, like a meadow viper. Okay. Very cute. They, they they don't get so big. They they probably get to about only eighteen inches, and they're white with a really nice black zigzag all the way down the back. Which oh is wow! Very cool. Okay. Uh, nice. Now, without going into too much geeky detail, but I'm absolutely fascinated with it at the minute. The taxonomy for all the Iberian vipers has just changed. There's been a really good paper just published, mm-hmm. and so. All of um, Portugal, Spain, and then the near African continent where it kind of touches Portugal and Spain because it's only Africa's only miles away at its narrowest point. I think Africa's only 13 or 15 miles away from Spain. Oh, wow, okay, which is is a weird thing, (coughs) which is why you get so much, which is why you get so much smuggling across that little bit of water. So, you think of Europe as being a long way away from Africa. But at one point, where Africa, the top end of Africa, like um, where Morocco comes round, the actual distance between the two is only about 30 miles, kind of like, well, a lot less than you and Cuba sort of thing. Um, right. So hmm, the, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's right there. That's <laughs> right. That's right there. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, um, the, the snakes from the top end of Africa uh, are sort of very very closely related to the snakes at the bottom end of spain and portugal um, okay so so the the vipers there you've got viper latast and you've got viper suani and you've got viper aspis uh, viper latast has just undergone a massive taxonomical change so basically they've just made a new subspecies for the for the ones that were at the bottom end of portugal and spain Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the ones in Africa are now going to be Vipera monticola. Uh, they all used to be Vipera latast, but now they're splitting them up. And then you've got Vipera latast gedetania and Vipera latast, latast. So if you're into Spanish vipers, it's a really exciting time because you've got t- uh, two new subspecies, mm-hmm. um, and potentially a third on the way, um, and then the actual type localities for the nominate species and the other subspecies have been completely changed so it's, it's really fascinating wow. if you like hmm. you european vipers so long story short <laughs> i bought an absolute beast of a pair of the new subspecies um which occurs down the bottom they're ready to breed uh they are about 18 to 20 inches chunky really fat little vipers um they're white with a cream border with a brown zigzag all the way down, and they've got a horn on their nose. So they look amazing. Oh, nice. <laughs> if you know of Vipera amadites, which I think are quite popular in the States, the amadites mm-hmm. viper, um, they look very, very similar to them. Um, so I've okay, pair, yeah. I've, I've got a pair of those. Cannot wait to breed those. Uh, I've got a pair of... Sorry, I've got a trio of Tunisian Vipera monticola, Viper latas monticola at the minute, um, which are super rare in the hobby. I mean, super rare. I mean, absolute hen's teeth rare. So I'm chuffed to bits I got those. Um, what else did I get? I got Antaresia, which is cool. I which mean, kind? Which species? Uh, 
Maculosa, which everyone goes, starter Maculosa, you know, it's a starter Anteresia. I've kept all the Anteresia over the, yeah. I really sure. like, I love spotted pythons, you know. Yeah. I, they're not expensive, you know. I know they're not as cool as your, your pygmy bandits or they're not as cool as Pathensis <laughs> or anything like that. I get that. I just really like them. Right. But I'm really, really, probably like you, I'm really, really fussy. So there's a lot of, what's the word there's a lot of mud bloods and stuff you know mm, yeah way, right. way way back in the you know way back in its lineage someone oh, when they used to think everything was a children's python they crossed them all together yeah, yeah which isn't which isn't that long ago you know mm-hmm. the, the main taxonomy review for them was what was that uh 2010 or something like that. it's not super long ago where, right yeah where everything was kind of classed as um children eye yeah right and then, and then it's quite rightly split. Um, so I, I, I've been waiting to get a male that I was really happy with because um, I've got a stunning female, which is really, really nicely marked and just really clean and great lineage. So I'm is it like a stripe or is it more like the Cape York type of stuff where it's more of the yeah, spots? More like Cape York. Um, okay. And um, t- so t- I was chuffed to bits to get him and to pair her up. Uh, pair the female up. I'm really looking forward to that next season. There was some quality Anteresia at the show, though. Um, they're not cheap, but the Western Stimpsons, some of the patterning on them, just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, just how people could think that they were children's pythons back in the day is beyond me. Mine are starting to get some size. I got two pairs from Justin. I have a pair of wheat belts, and then I have a pair of the second uh, unrelated uh, to the wheat belts. Uh, the Orientalis. You got Stimps and I Stimps I have both. I have both, yeah. I have Easterns and Westerns. Of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. Of course you yeah. do. <laughs> um, but uh, they're just starting to gain color, and holy hell. Oh, mate. <laughs> wow. well, I, yeah. I cannot, I mean, I get that they're, I don't know what the prices are like in, in the States. Um, the, uh, they're, they're fairly expensive in Europe. Um, yeah. But they are worth every penny. The, the, the patterning on them is insane. Yeah, I think, I don't know what it is about Antaresia that people don't, I, I I guess it's like the, I guess they think maybe it's that idea that they're all children eye and they all sort of just brown out with age and but like I mean just like with anything you can you people have been working with them and you have magni- I like this one guy that I know I have my uh, easterns from they're it's it, it looks like a giraffe that's that's what it looks like <laughs> I mean it's 100%, like this yellow 100%. with orange and black it just it's crazy you know and I, I'm like these are a python they say small you can keep it in a real nice viv yeah. set it up real nice you know not take up a lot of space and sort of have that python without the size but you know I know they're difficult for breeding and all but I mean even if you're just keeping a pet snake I mean I, I, I just don't get it. I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that back in the day, you probably remember because you're just as old as me, really. Um, children's pythons were seen as a beginner snake because yes. they're, they're absolutely bomb proof. I mean, yep. you've, got, you've got to hit it with a hammer to kill it. You know, it'll put up with so much bad husbandry. And they, right. they, were, they were seen as a cheap disposable, certainly in Europe, it was a cheap disposable. First python, get a children's python. 
and then if you mm-hmm. keep, you know, if you can look after that, then get something else. And I think they're tainted by that. But I think you're absolutely right. Now with line breeding and a greater knowledge of the different species, so we're not mixing species and getting like muddy animals. Right. If, they're stunning. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you have to go a long way to be a decent pathensis. They are, inc- as you say, you've, mm-hmm. got a pyth- you've got a python that maxes out at about 14 centimetres. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's brick, I mean- <laughs> it's brick red with really nice spotting on it. What's not, and it's proper red. It's not your carpet python type Yeah, I know. Red. <laughs> it's proper red. I just right. don't, you know... I would have like it's one of those things you can't have everything, and I have had them all before except for pink mm-hmm. bandits. But um, I can't, you know, for somebody looking for a genus to, to, to deep dive into, they're incredible. But you know, currently they're the only ones I don't have is the pygmy bandits. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they're cool, but they're only cool because they're something new. Right. I don't think right. they look massively different. Um, but even. Good examples of children's pythons. Yeah, they're con colour, but they've still got lovely iridescence to them. They're still a fascinating animal. Yeah, Justin has some amazing children's pythons. Yeah, yeah. Like really, really nice stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. So, but okay, I, cool. I, so, back in the Antarisi game, I like it. I'm, oh. you know, I'm excited about the spotted pythons because I don't know, I'm a, what ten days away from? Was it nine days away from? Hopefully. <laughs> Stumbling upon one in the wild. That that would be absolutely insane. It's it's, again, it's one of those things you've only got to flip the right rock or you know flip the right log, and you're getting something that you keep at home. You're going to see in its natural habitat. That would be. It's not better. Absolutely (laughs) incredible. That would be really cool. Um, Just quickly, just going back to the show. The what else did I buy? Oh, um, Boyga, I got an absolute tank of. uh, dendrophilia so okay um, and the, the nominate mangrove snake um because I, i've got an absolutely stunning female and again i was just one of the things i went to the show for was to start pairing stuff up for next season so i managed to get a really nice example uh quite a big male probably getting on for five feet something like that but really chunky so uh, are they better to buy older or are they better to buy smaller um, or it doesn't you, matter with I, them I would say if you have the time and patience, always buy a captive bred that's feeding because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with the wild caught stuff, with wild caught, you're always taking a risk with parasite loads that it's going right. to not feed, that the stress is going to make it, you know, rub its nose. Um, and, I, you know, we all know the wild caught ones aren't treated particularly well when they come over. They're kept for ages in bad conditions till they get to the shows, blah, blah, blah. The one right. I bought, yes, it's wild caught, but it's from a friend of mine that I have bought a lot of stuff off before, uh, and he'll keep them for quite a long while. He will right. work, he'll worm them and make sure they're feeding before um, before he'll take them to a show. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's it's not ideal if you can get captive bred. I think captive bred for anything, unless you're looking for new blood, is probably the way to go. I guess just in general, are they um, where are they on the level of difficulty as far as getting uh, them going and keeping them going? And well, for, are for they once for wild just caught, in general? 
Oh, in, well, in general. Either. Yeah. It, it, so you wild caught. The f- most important thing to do is as soon as you get it home, is put it in a in a tub that's either well planted or, or got lots of cover with a massive water bowl, and then just leave it alone. Mm. Don't don't be checking on it every two minutes. Really <laughs> let it. You know, these people go to shit. <laughs> fucking grinds my gears. Now you set me off already. I was going to be really happy on this because I've just come back from the show. Now you set me off. Okay. Um, you're getting people, you know, Boyger is, is quite a temperamental species anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've had a hard... If they're, if they're wild caught, they've had a hard journey. They, they've been kept in probably not best conditions. And then you're picking it up. Then you're driving it halfway across Europe put it in a tub, let it rehydrate, let it chill. Don't be pulling it out two minute, every two minutes to get your Insta photos with your mangrove snake. You know, I literally leave them alone, change mm. the water bowl, and that's all, all I'll do for, for a couple of weeks. Then try and feed it and let it really calm down. With hatchlings, some, spe- you know, some species of boiga are bang on the food almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've bred a couple of different types of boiga. Um, Irregularis seems to feed straight away, um, but others, small dendrophilia, can be picky. But if you can get live pinks, most of them will, will go for live pinks, and they grow. They grow quickly. It's a, it is a robust snake. It just can't deal with stress. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, my dad kept them, and um, he had this. Oh God think the enclosure had to be at least seven foot high that's wicked maybe three foot uh cross wide you know um maybe two feet deep and he had like all these trees and vines and what he did is he sort of similar to like a hood he put at the top of the enclosure um just uh you know i don't know i guess it was some type of wood that he painted or whatever and just kind of blended in but um it just blocked them out of there and they would just go up there and just sort of chill and then at night you would see them crawling around I, and that the is, blacks were blacks oh my yeah, god i was like yeah. wow this is so, wow this snake is beautiful it was one of my favorites i mean you can't beat black and yellow you know you can't it's but, such an uh, such an iconic snake because of that it's on it's on the cover of all the uh, thf books when mm-hmm. you were you younger um but it is it, it is shiny black with bright yellow stripes what's not to yeah. like and it's, <laughs> yeah I mean. it's angry as anything yes. all the time you know they're not yes. a, it's not a pet snake it's the absolute people like them because of the color right but it's not a snake that you're going to interact with you know yeah um i've got mine in four by four vivs so right. four feet four feet high four feet long two feet deep really well planted you know five days out of seven i'll go in the snake room at night i won't even see it and right. if, I do, if i do see it it's banging on the glass trying to attack me but, you know, <laughs> they're not super friendly snakes it's not something you're going to take out and drape around you and walk around or anything like that but right. when, you, when you do see one out on the branch yeah. or where it, they are breathtaking you know absolutely crazy stuff i would keep the night tigers but we can't get them you know are you not allowed here them in at the all? states? Mm, no, no. I think because of that whole thing in Guam, they're Ill- brown tree snakes are illegal in yeah. the U.S. What about yeah. though? Because they've just split it taxonomically. Could you not be cheeky and get the Flavicens instead of Irregularis? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It looks you know. exactly. It was the same thing. They've now split it. Um, 
Maybe. <laughs> they're nice. I mean, I've had them. I've bred them. They're really cool. Yeah, they're 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 you know they're right in my wheelhouse of an arboreal type of snake. You know, I guess that's sort of my thing. You know, semi arboreal arboreal snakes. Oh, hundred percent. They look amazing in the little viv in your office. Yeah, they don't get don't get big. They get about three foot max. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, you'll be all charged up when you come back from Australia. You'll be all over that. Oh yeah. <laughs> well. So what else? Did you get anything else? Um, I can't remember. I think that's it. I'm sure I've forgotten something. I've got a, a huge poly box full of snakes to unload in a bit. Um, no, I think that's it. I think that's it. So did are you? do you still have outstanding pairs that you need to pair up? Or are you pretty much I do. Um, sadly, uh, the band Lowland... Um, King snakes, milk snakes in Europe, certain species. So there was oh. tons, tons of. I can still have them in the UK, but right in in, in Europe, the um, species of the the Getula complex they're banned completely. Um, so it's just happened. So at the show they were absolute pence. Everyone's trying to get rid of them. So what uh. that's what that's meant is conversely, all the other stuff like the Montane stuff. Um, like Pyramalana, Noblocci, Zanata, all of that, the prices have gone really, really high because people are going to tr- sort of transfer over to those. Um, and unfortunately in Europe, pros- uh, not in the States at the minute, as I, I've said to you before, everything that's kind of available in Europe has been morphed and it annoys me so much. You cannot, you really struggle to get locality good examples of king snakes and mill snakes. Really? Um, that surprises me. Oh, it's so frustrating. I really want a pair of, um, you might remember them, they've kind of been lumped in together now, but old school taxonomy, they used to be called Lampropeltis uh, Camberlii. Okay. They yeah. sometimes call them sock heads. So a beautiful, um, they don't get too big, they get to about three, four foot, and they've got you know, really nice wide white bands, and then red bands and black, uh, just really cool looking snake. You just can't get the normal form anymore, which is the white version. Everyone's doing Halloween phases or apricot phases. <laughs> and uh, I just want the normal ones, but you just can't get them. Yeah. Um, so um, I've got a beautiful um, Sinaloha milk snake. I think, you know, why are they not more popular? They're bright, and I mean lipstick, fire truck, bright red. Right, solid, really crisp, narrow black bands. They look amazing. Um, again, no normal ones at the show. There's aberrant ones with silly blotches, or there's ones where they're taking the blacker. Why are you making a snake that is absolutely stunning look like dog shit? What is wrong <laughs> with people? I blame Generation Z for people doing stuff like this, obviously. Um, Bastards. Um, Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> there were some cool milk snakes there. There was Stuart Eye there, but they were ferociously expensive, and I'd spent way too much money on vipers by then. Um, and there was black milk snakes, which we don't see in Europe very often. I don't know if you get them in the states, but we we don't see the the. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I've not seen them for sale for so long. They were super expensive, but absolutely stunning, well worth the money. So. Mm. 
long story short, I have got some um, milk snakes I want to pair up. But pretty much, I think I've got pairs, trios, or groups of everything now. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. The, that's the way for I'm looking forward to next season. The season that we've just had, I purposely didn't do very much because I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, about to completely gut my snake building and start again from scratch. So, How so? Why, why, what, why are you doing that? Uh, well, when I, I moved across counties, I moved um, to a different county, bought a new house, did the building and fit it out for DWA, which is our Dangerous Wild Animal Standards, where I keep all my snakes. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the time, I was really into Trimerosaurus. So all the I spent a lot of money on vivs, but they are all sort of leaning towards arboreal stuff. So this, gotcha. this, so they're all taller than short and right. you know, th- those sort of dimensions because you know and they've they, they've worked great for ages because I had a lot of Trimerosaurus. Now I don't have any. So <laughs> okay. what, so what I want to do, <laughs> and, and you know we've talked about this a lot on and off the air, but I, you know I want to be a smaller collection but a better mm-hmm. collection um so i don't know we talk about it a lot but it's so the way forward and i i've talked you know i talk to a lot of people um and i think without sounding patronizing as you get older you really value your collection more and you value your time with your collection yeah and you, you don't want to just be pulling drawers open chucking a mouse in and changing the walkway and shutting the drawer you want to appreciate what you've got um so to that end, um, th- there's a cage, uh, or there's like a Viv manufacturer in the UK which do really, really nice um, Vivs, very, very modern looking Vivs. So I want to completely get rid of all my Vivs and uniformly redo it, but they'll all be designed rather than for arboreal stuff, they'll be for rattlesnakes or European vipers. Gotcha. So okay. They'll be long and long and sh- long and short, rather than short and tall. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I want to do that, and also everything I want automated now um, with these new stats that we've talked about. The the Evo stats are incredible. Um, you know, you can program it for different temperature ranges throughout the day, so you can have a natural warming period till midday, and then a natural cooling period, all programmed in. Um, you can have your humidity programmed into the same stat so that you know it monitors that and sprays when you need it to be sprayed and keeps the humidity at exactly the right level uh, even controls when the lights come on and off so you can have your uva coming on separately to your uvb and also it's so clever um i want every i, I want everything <laughs> It makes keeping so much easier, oh, you know? mate. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that it's not cheap, but I am an old fart now. I don't care. Yeah. I just want to be able to... And the good thing is, it all, you know, it all Wi-Fi's to your phone, so wherever you are, yeah. you can just have a quick check of everything. One, right. of these, one of these Evo stats will do one bank of vivs, so five viv high bank, one stat, so you haven't got all the wires that you would have had before. Right. Uh, um, and I want all the stacks of vivs to be on wheels, so each stack can be moved around the room, which which is uh, yeah, you know, it's the dream. Right. Um, and yeah, and I've as I say, the, the reason I haven't bred much is because I'm 
thinning out as much as I can to go in over. I think I think for like the technology part of it, I think I don't know. If it seems like our our group of herpers probably appreciate it a little more because you know we had to do all that stuff by hand or guessing it or you know making makeshift ways in order to make those things work and uh you know young herpers today coming in they just you know have it right in their hand (laughs) which is awesome you know it's great but i mean i've said it before but i think over the last five years the technology for reptile keepers has just increased exponentially it's been incredible um there's no excuses anymore you can't just keep something in a tray yes it's not right that there's no need for it i mean don't get me wrong certain species i would keep in a tray eric's i'd keep in a tray probably rubber Mm -hmm. rubber boas things like that things that are naturally fossorial are going to be underground in soil yeah i get that but things that that are not you know that we normally see in the wild basking how can you be keeping that without uva and uvb now yeah We, we know better now and it's so easily available it's not even very expensive anymore no no yeah it's i i i notice a difference in my snakes just from from using that you know diamond pythons even now coastal carpet pythons are starting to move into that to that mix slowly but surely uh moving everything over like you said smaller collection um you know knowing those animals on a you know i I don't know i just felt a disconnect when i was um just cramming as much as i could into my room you know like every little inch of space was oh i can get this and keep this and this <laughs> you know and, uh, we all, we and all, we i guess most people that. go through it yeah, yeah you know and you know it's part of the thing and sort of get your feet on what you figure out i think though that maybe you'll agree or disagree i think sometimes at least for me i was afraid to sort of get rid of things that i i don't know like it would make me less of a keeper or people would look at me differently or you know why why wouldn't you keep the even like even just like uh look at carpet pythons with morphs right if i don't have this or that or the other you know i've talked about this before where i felt that i wouldn't be the carpet python guy because i didn't have everything and at that point i you know looking back at it now uh, am i keeping for me or am I keeping for some sort of, you know, social media badge <laughs> that me is meaningless? You know, <laughs> I, I completely agree, and I, I, you know, I think we're all guilty of, you know, following the trends. Maybe when mm-hmm. we're when newer in the hobby, oh, you've got to have this snake to be, you know, to be taken seriously. I'm at a stage now where I just think, fuck you all. I couldn't care. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah, me too. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, yeah. exci- I'm excited about spotted pythons. I'm not going to yeah. lie. You know, they're never going to make me a lot of money, but no. I think they look amazing. So yeah. I'm keeping them. You right. Know, I've got snakes that everyone says are amazing, and I'm like, meh. I've got Sanzinia. Yeah. This boring snake going. <laughs> oh my days. I really right. don't get the hype. Yeah, they're hard to get, but. So, you know, they, they don't do much for me. I will probably end up almost certainly getting rid of them soon because they don't fit in with what I'm, what I'm doing. But um, yeah, I think that's key, right? You know, I mean, like 
Rob, look at him. He keeps Puerto Rican boas, you know, uh, and no, nobody cares about those except for a few people. And, you know, I, he keeps I them because he, he likes them, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, no, he enjoys them. A hundred percent. You know, Rob is leading, leading the charge in yeah. ha- having a collection that makes him happy. It's, it's not yeah. anybody else's collection. It's Rob's collection. He keeps what he wants. Yeah. You know, and he's interested. And I also think, I don't think you need to just think in a sort of Germanic, Teutonic way, I am going to keep this genus and all I'm going to keep is this genus. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's something to be said on focusing on a genus and similar rather than, I don't think, unless you've got a load of space and a load of time, I, th- I think it's difficult to keep stuff from Africa and stuff from Australia that, you know, one needs high humidity uh, right. on one light cycle. One is a completely desert, arid snake <laughs> needs a completely different light cycle. Right. <laughs> you know, how, how people, you know, and a lot of people aren't, you know, I realise I'm really fortunate that I've got a separate building. A lot of people don't have the luxury of that. So you're trying to keep stuff in your house and it's... Um, if I was to speak to a newer, not a brand new keeper, but a newer keeper now, I'd say find something that you really like. Mm-hmm. Don't worry whether it's trendy or not. Don't worry if it's going to make you money. You shouldn't be in the hobby to make money. If it's not your business, if it is just a hobby for you, don't keep stuff because you think, oh, I'm going to make dollars out of that because it will end up not being fun. It will end up just being a chore. So choose, a, you know, choose a species that that you like, or choose a genius that you like, and really deep dive into that. I felt the most close to burnout when I was keeping species of pythons. That it's probably similar to what you're saying with, uh, you know, the the um, sanzinia, right? It's like, you know, everybody cares about, you know, I don't know, white lips. Let's say. Yeah. And like I kept them and it's just like, ah, not for me, you know, I yeah. mean, they're beautiful snakes, you know, yeah. and, and I can appreciate talking to somebody about them and, you know, but, but that's sort of where my line is. Right. I, I have no need to want to try to, to keep those, you know, I'm happy with carpets and I guess that's the thing, right. I always feel like that somehow just because I have a coastal carpet, it's like, I don't know. I think, Maybe it's, maybe this trend is changing, but it seems like that people would look at you as less than because you're not breeding this rare, you know, white lip or ring python or whatever uh, it would be. Yeah, I know? completely agree. It, it's back to the, the children's pythons and the spotted pythons because it was seen coastal was a sort of beginner's python, yeah. for want of a better word. And I think... It, it, it's, it's kept that, unfortunately, but, you know, lime-bred coastals look amazing. Yeah, but it's still got that sort of overarching. Oh, that's a beginner python, right? Where yeah. you know, and let's let's be honest. Yeah, white lips look great. There's no two ways about it. It's a stunning looking snake. They're fussy animals. They're not easy to keep. If it's your thing, great. Put put a lot of time and effort, like Owen. Put a lot of time and effort into yeah that, and you know, fair play. He's clearly got it right. Um, but that's not for everybody. And if you're battering yourself trying to be successful at a species that you're not really enjoying, it's pointless. It is a hobby at the end of the day. Right, right. You know, yeah. it, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a chore. Yeah, I, we, I was talking to Matt Minitola about this at Owen's wedding. We were talking about, you know, 
um, sort of like everybody gravitates towards like the red blood pythons, right? Obviously, they're red and they have the most morphs in the, yeah. you know, short tail complex or whatever. But, you know, Matt's into Borneo. It's really his his thing. He's he's pretty much prob- I would say he's the top Borneo breeder in the U.S. And, um, you know, he has just magnificent examples of of these things and like he's sort of like yeah that's it's that's kind of my wheelhouse i have no desire to keep this you know 007 golden eye you know I, i'm you know <laughs> you know and and i guess some people may look at that as like well why wouldn't you want to do that but like you know i mean he's just an example that sort of keeps me in that mindset of you know stay with what you love and if you love it you know people will catch on to that and 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 feel your genuine passion about whatever it is even if they don't keep it you know i I completely agree and i I, you know i do feel a smaller collection of something that you're super interested in whatever it is is definitely the way forward so yeah i think i think that's why people like owen lisa you know i think ryan young's probably an example of this too is like he's so focused on these indo australian pythons that he's going to have success with them whereas like i felt that juggling all these different species and trying to maintain to your point of what you were saying earlier all these different needs that are not necessarily the same you know like uh you know, I can kind of get away with it maybe if I'm keeping a little bit of humidity with, say, say I'm keeping a scrub python or, or green tree, I can sort of keep that in line with a carpet because they can sort of adapt either way, one way or the other. Whereas, you know, white lips might be a little fussier. And you may keep them and be successful keeping them, but are you going to be successful breeding them yeah. and maintaining them long term, you know, so... Hundred percent. Um, so to that end, that is why I'm I'm shelving a lot of stuff and redoing the room, um, and concentrating on Iberian vipers. Mm-hmm. The reason for the Iberian vipers is their parameters in terms of humidity and heat and light cycles are they they're sort of almost identical to the sort of rattlesnakes that I'm interested in. Oh, okay. So I can keep. Iberian vipers and certain rattlesnakes, and all the, yeah, the parameters will all be very, very not necessarily identical, but very, very similar. Okay. So that is the way forward. Cool. Awesome. Do you still have? Are you going to still keep the uh, Papuan pythons? Yes, I'm never getting rid of the pythons. <laughs> uh, I, this year, I did put them together. Right. But you know, when you know, it's just you know, you, you say it all the time, student of the serpent. Because of work and various other things, I really felt that I'd missed a window, but I put them together anyway. In hindsight, I should have put them together a month earlier because I'm sure I saw some swelling and I Mm -hmm. thought, oh, I must do that. And then things got in the way and it ended up being, yeah. So I will have a much better go at that next season. I I got locks, but um, they're a difficult species anyway um but i'm really looking forward to to doing that properly but i've been really strict with the food cycling for them much Mm -hmm. much more attention to food cycling and and the type of food i'm feeding them um and i'll put them together a lot earlier Um, are you doing a varied diet of 
birds yeah. and mammals or yeah okay. uh, pre- predominantly birds to be perfectly honest um mm-hmm. i'm doing adult quail uh the mm-hmm. big adult french quail i don't know if you, you you have an equivalent over there but um like the adult french quail i'm doing uh whole chickens um, okay pheasant um i take i cut the tails off the pheasant um, but whole whole pheasants feathers and everything but I take the, the tail feathers are, are massive on a pheasant so I take the, right. the tail feathers off um, I'm also doing super large rats I mean they're like small dogs some of the rats that I've been able to get at the minute so uh, so uh, yeah um, I, I, I do some rats um, and the occasional guinea pig I don't really they don't, they don't seem to go for guinea pigs that often but um, certainly heavy on the bird prey and I'm feeding a lot more cyclical than I used to for them. Um, I w- maybe you can talk a little bit about um, your experiences with just the power of those snakes. Oh, I can give you <laughs> I say a, it all the time, but <laughs> I can give you an example. Just before I went to Milos, um, I had one pop the glass. Out. They're, they're in eight foot vivs. I had one pop the glass out of the viv. Not by pushing the glass out of the runner, by pushing the frame out of the viv that the runner sits on. I've, it is, exactly. You know, I, I, I've, I've kept a lot of venomous over the years. I've kept retics. I've kept different scrubs, blah, 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 blah. The most potentially dangerous snake I think I own is the Apodora. Um, yeah. I, 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 I'm yet either in the wild or in captivity to find a, a more powerful pound for pound snake. Um, just insane. Yeah. I, I've, I've handled 18 foot berms, 22 foot retics and nothing has no. come close. Yeah, mean African rock pythons back in the day. Um, yeah. No, nothing yeah. like they're, they're, they're an incredible snake and when people are going on about how dangerous scrubs are just no scrubs are like corn snakes compared to <laughs> I'm sorry I know there's a big scrub community I don't want to hate yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, lo- I love scrubs I think scrubs are fantastic yeah. species 100%. but yeah. they are Walmart compared to <laughs> Apodora yeah that's they so were, true they really are. It just it doesn't compare, and the level of intelligence. I mean, I'm not, I don't wish to anthropomorphize or whatever, but they just seem to look at you. You know, you walk in there, and you know, they're straight away they're looking at you, and you can just tell they go. They're just judging your outfit the minute you walk mm-hmm. in. <laughs> you, know, you, you walk up to the view, and they're just like, "Your trainers are shit." Um, <laughs> they're just beasts. They're absolute yeah. beasts. I really like them. Amazing I, snakes. Actually, the colour change, yeah. the daily ah, colour changes that yeah. they go through. Um, and I, I, you're talking about, you know, the improvements in the hobby. I now, in the in the, in the big vivs, I have um, big, long um, Pro T5 kits for UVB. Okay. I have UVA directional basking bulbs the, the mm-hmm. Arcadia directional uh, UVA and I also have deep heat emitters as well so I have an area and you're thinking it's a big snake you know even when it's if it's coiled up really tightly it covers an area of about three four foot even mm-hmm. if it's in a tight coil 
Um, mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that the whole snake can get warm rather right. than just a single hotspot along the snake, which will cause problems. Right. So I, I have banks of these deep heat projectors above a, a particular basking spot. And they will come out. I've got, I stole the idea unashamedly from Keith at Peak. I've got a false floor in the vivs. Okay. So um, each end of the viv it has like a wooden raised area. Um, so they can come out, they, they, they tend to, you know, hide underneath there. It's only raised by about six inches. Okay. They, they, they'll come out from underneath there, come out into the viv proper. And they'll just coil under these deep heat emitters you know, for a couple of hours, and then they'll go off, sit in the water bowl, do do whatever they want to do. They do they do spend a lot of time in the. In, I've got big, um, I don't know what they would have been really. I think they were dinner dinner trays for schools or something like that. But they're you know they're, they're quite big trays that the whole snake can get in. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I've really noticed the behaviour that when the UV a and UVB clicks on, they're out and basking for a little while, a couple of hours, and then gone again. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's essential, and I think for breeding, that's going to be essential. I think that's going to be an essential element as well. In terms of, um, I shall stop feeding next month completely, mm-hmm. and I should just naturally let the temperatures drop. Um, so I want to get them down to the to the fifties. Um, okay, but with a uva and deep heat for lessening time periods every day so they will okay. still be able, they still be able to warm up but not for as not all day you know the, the, the time period that they can warm up will probably go down to at the coldest point they'll probably only warm up for an hour be able to bask for an hour hour and a half or right. something like that um and then obviously just reverse it and start giving them longer periods to warm up so i think that's going to be a, a good factor um and the diet i don't think i did it well going into this season so what i want to do is i i've really fed the female heavy for the last Mm -hmm. month couple of months and when i'm bringing the temperatures up i'm going to feed the female a lot more before i put them together i think Um, okay really really increase that so we shall see i mean i think that's as as much as i can do in the in, in the in the area that i have that's as much as i can do is really concentrate on the light cycle concentrate on the food cycle and concentrate on the temps hopefully one of that i say i've had locks but it just doesn't seem to go to the next stage so right fingers crossed we'll get it done i'd love it's a species i'd love to breed because i you know for me i know everyone's got different opinions different loves for me it's the pinnacle of pythons you know yeah yeah, they're <clears throat> like I said, they're one of those species that I think I, I, I just say it a lot on the show because I, I fear I get a lot of messages about people wanting to get into them and I just want to make sure that they know what they're getting into. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. I yeah. you know, it's one of the only snakes I have that I don't often if I have to handle it to clean the viv or do something, I don't go in the a snake room on my own I'll take somebody in with me because when I'm holding a, a you know a 12 foot or whatever it is Apodora and it curls around me it's really hard to get it off you know? yeah yeah um, yeah they're, they're, I'd recommend them to anybody but just as, as you so rightly say just be aware of what you're getting into right yeah you know 
but they are. Yeah, if, they, if they think it's going to uh, be similar to their uh, Royal Python. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Even, you know, I mean, I've had adult scrubs. Um, scrubs, yeah. That's yeah. another one. Scrubs can be a handful. You know, scrubs can give you a naughty bite, and um, they, they're powerful snakes. There's no two ways about it. But it's not even on the same scale. Mm-mm. You know, Mm-mm. I, I would say the only thing potentially similar is a adult rock python for strength and being, you know, potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I had uh, I had bought a pair of them a few. I don't know, maybe. Four or five years ago at Tinley, and um, <laughs> and the question it, on everybody's lips is why? I yeah, that's what everybody said to me. You know, even I, actually Casper was there at the time, and you know, oh, right. he's, he, he was talking to me, and he's like, you know, these are beautiful snakes, whatever. He's like, why though? <laughs> and I'm thinking about it at the time, and you know, when you're when you're when I was asked that question at the time, you know, I'm just saying things like. Ah, uh, you know, uh, because they'll get lost in captivity and da, 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 you know, and and all that kind of thing, and then realizing like, what did I do? Why did I do this? <laughs> this, is, this was not. I didn't think this through <laughs> because like, it's so easy when they're in a small deli cup. You know, it, it's oh, it's hundred percent. But how many people buy retics or anything? Yep. And they look so cute and tiny, and they're fabulous mm-hmm. patterns, beautiful colors, beautiful you know, colors, patterns. Yeah, and then. You know, in two years' time, you're looking at a six foot, seven foot plus snake that's nowhere near fully grown. And even beside the the part of the you know potential danger of of working with a species that's a big species like that, you know, you bring up a good point. I I, I think that people think like I can have this one hot spot that's going to somehow heat up this you know, twenty foot snake. Exactly, like, and all, uh, all that's, that's going to happen is the snake is just going to get burns or yeah, deep tissue yeah. damage. You know, um, I think I can't try to think it was. I think it might Mike Stefani, somebody that was talking about the bigger monitors, keeping lace monitors or something. Yes, you, yeah. You, you've got to do the same for monitors. Monitors want right. to get their temperature really high. But you can't have one little UV light that's right. just, you know, that is, is, is doing a, a, a 10 centimetre little circle <laughs> on right. the back of the month. You know, <laughs> it needs to have proper, right. proper heat. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that next season. I've got so much stuff to pair up that I, that I haven't tried before. Um, I want to, my Fuscus are coming up to age now. Um, okay. So I've got an unrelated trio from Fog Dam, so I want to do some work there. Um, my Maclots are are up to size now, so I've got an unrelated trio of Maclots, so I want to put those together. Cool. As soon as I as soon as I bred the Maclots, they're going. <laughs> it's just I've had them for so long, waiting to get them to a breeding age. Right. They, you know, they're a really lovely snake, but they are just grief. They are just constantly snappy. Yeah, um, they don't kind. They don't really fit in with what, the way I want to go. So yeah, if I can, I want to breed them though because it's just a box I need to tick. But as soon as right. if I'm fortunate enough to breed them, they'll be going. Um, I'll try the Sanzinia again. Um, Have you bred them at all yet? No, I've, I get locks yeah. every time I try. I get loads of locks, but can't mm-hmm. seem to get. Don't know what is going on there. Um, Sometimes I wonder too if it's just the room itself, right? As far as like what yeah. you're saying, if you're keeping all these different, uh, you know, species in a room, sometimes yeah. maybe those things will affect 
and you don't even realise that they are. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I'm really excited about putting the uh, Viperia test together to get little horn viper babies. That would be amazing. Very cool. Um, I did. I did all right with. I've got a couple of different groups of pygmy python, um, and I did good with those. I've I, I managed to breed seven this year, which was which was nice. Oh, um, nice. So I'll put those again uh, all together. See if we can get some nice babies. Again, um, I want to put the. I haven't done the picture aphis yet, so I will, they're they're up to size now. So I'll probably put the picture aphis together. Uh, the northern pines. Um, put the knoblockai together. See what happens there. Um, and I will put my... I've got way too many Jamaican boas. I know people are probably going, oh, my God, what's he moaning at? I've got too many Jamaican boas. <laughs> um, honestly, if I could post them to the States, I would be posting them to people because right. they're so big, and I've got yeah. loads of them. Um, but I, I've got two pairs that I particularly want to put together, so... That, that's, that's another project the mangroves um, I'll put those together next season as well and then I've got all my lizards my monolis are breeding age now um, oh nice I've got two two pairs of those so they'll go together my uh, castle Maui Oijira are uh-huh. up, up to breeding age so I shall put those together my Strafuris ciliaris are breeding age so I'll put those together uh, my Strafuris telecordia are up to age so they can go together next time and then nice. I've got all my coleonics to put together so I've got very, <laughs> <laughs> I've got Varigatus uh, Brevis and Metatus to go to so they should do some good work uh, I did well with Felsumas this year um, I bred um, Standing Eye which I was really pleased because I love Standing Eye uh-huh. they're, they're, they're cracking Felsumas so Eye Breath of Standing Eye, I've got three groups of those and uh, my Kochi bread. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Nice. That's Very the cool. plans. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, for me with the lizards, uh, I, I don't know if I want to breed them. You know, yeah. I enjoy keeping them, but, yeah. you know, I, uh, I don't know if I want to go down that road. I mean, if they breed, I guess that's good, but, you know, I'm, yeah. I just enjoy watching them and having something different, you know? Oh, 100%. So, I, um, I managed to breed uh, the the very rare, I've got a very rare form of cave gecko, and I managed to breed that and not even know, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best way, right? That's the best way. I, I must have been amazing because I made no effort for that whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, I was doing a clean and I, I just moved some soil and there was eggs, so that was great. Um I'm hoping the same thing. I've got my Underwoodysaurus um, Millai um, in quite a large viv um, with with like a sandy soil and leaves and lots of bark, and I just leave it alone. I put food yeah. in there and I, and I would just watch them hunt, so, but I don't yeah. don't fuss them at all. So I'm hoping some uh, some babies will emerge at some point. That might be cool. I think no, we're going to be. Uh... On the, I think, uh, well, Asper's on the list for us to see where we're going. Yeah, I was talking, yeah. Rob was, I was messaging Rob and he's, he, he, he told me, I don't know if you know the species list for where you're going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Strafurus on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that will be amazing. If you can get yeah. photos of that, that will be insane. Yeah. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope, yeah. yeah. I, I, as I said to you before, I think it'd be great for you to not be just 
snake focused on this trip, you'll be, you know. Yeah, this is the first uh, Australia trip that I'll be doing that on. Yeah, so, this, yeah this, I'm excited. You know, you, you, literally, I hope you got a big memory card in your camera because <laughs> instead of taking a couple of pictures of uh, carpet pythons, you'll be anything right. that moves. You know, you'll be all over the skinks and the geckos. And uh, I've even been brushing up on the birds. You know. <laughs> oh, cool! That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's some amazing birds over there in Australia. Oh, 100%. And, you know. the, the trouble is, as I was in Arizona with just, you know, sensory overload that I didn't know whether to photograph butterflies, reptiles, <laughs> plants, I, yeah. just, just everything. You, yeah, you're going to be like that in Australia with, you know, you won't know which direction to be looking in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, I, I would really like to see a lace monitor. That would be... Oh. That'd be that would absolutely be incredible, amazing. Um, no. Obviously, a coastal carpet, spotted python. It would be nice to see a blackhead from the east coast rather than 100%. the northern territory. You know, um, yeah, yeah. And then you know, a couple of geckos. You know, uh, there's a couple species I'd like to see in particular. And then, uh, yeah, everything else is just you know, I'll just enjoy it just to enjoy it. You know, yeah, hundred percent. I'm already. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm already berating Rob that the, the nanosecond he gets home before his bags have even touched the floor, he has to start planning the Utah trip. Ah, so, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I've been looking at the species list for Utah. It's it's very good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of snakes there that will be very cool to see. Well, I mean, you're almost. Uh, I guess this is a good transition. You're almost uh, at the end of the European list. Now you have to this, tackle the American list. <laughs> this is very true. I have three species left now because after my trip to Milos, I, that's I, amazing. I, that I is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's, ta- it's taken a while. Um, I got two ticks on Milos, which was very good. Um, I had no idea. You know when you, it's, I don't know. You know when you, th- you you look forward to going somewhere, possibly mm-hmm. like one of your Australia trips. You think this area is going to look like this when I get there, and I'm going to herp, and it's going to I'm going to do. Milos was completely different to I thought, and I've wanted to go to Milos for for years and years and years and years because uh, mm-hmm. it's quite an I- iconic place for European herping. Um, it was nothing like I imagined. Uh, it's much smaller than I imagined. It's a tiny really? little island. Yeah, it's. Um, if you imagine it's like a croissant-shaped island, it's got a, like a real curve to it. Um, and I thought it'd be like typical Greek herping. So you go to a Greek island, there's lizards everywhere, every rock you turn under, there's a snake, and it's going to be really, really easy, and the temps are going to be nice. And It wasn't like that at all. The herping was really, really hard. Um, so if you imagine the island's like a crescent shape, you can only really easily herp in the middle the two ends of the crescent are national parks and you need a four-wheel drive to go through them there's no roads Uh the the roads the roads there are 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 like washed out tracks there's not a a really good infrastructure there i only had a normal hire car um Mm -hmm. so i couldn't access the two ends of the island okay Um, temperatures were insane temperatures was nearly hot as arizona which is ridiculous at the time of year i went <laughs> really you know, we're, in the high, we're in the high 30s i'm thinking what the hell is going on <laughs> you know, it's not supposed to be this hot um and it was super windy um which again is not great for herps so right. the herping was really really hard um unless you're sidewinder 
Sidewinders love the wind. Oh, do they? <laughs> I don't good. know why. We that's found like to, 12, you know. I don't that's know. good to know. That is good to yeah. know. Right. Um, but I had two main targets. The island has got a lot of endemics in terms of it's got a, a wall lizard you only find on that island. Okay. It's got a, a very large viper by European standards that you only find on that island. And okay. then it's got a, a grass snake subspecies you only find on that island that looks nothing like anything else although it's only a subspecies of the normal grass snake you've got a green lizard that looks nothing like anything else but it's only a subspecies at the moment um you've got a frog that you only find on the island which used to be a full species and now have been made a subspecies of something else mm-hmm. um and you've got the absolutely one of the most beautiful european snakes the leopard snake which is oh. um You've probably seen them. Yeah, you sent yeah. the picture. <laughs> oh, I did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely stunning, stunning snake. And yes. again, like anything, like yourself, when you see it in natural light, those I mean, it is literally blood red. It, it's an absolutely wow. incredible snake. Um, so I thought, in, you know, in my innocence, I'm going to land, step off the plane and be inundated with herps. <laughs> it was super hard. Um there's very, very little standing fresh water on the island. There's probably... Okay. A, um, so if you can find fresh water, you stand a better chance of finding herps. Um, gotcha. So I, I, went, okay. I went to a spot that, um, that I've been told about for vipers, and it, it was... Um, it's a pond, and the whole area is probably only about four to 500 metres square. The rest of it okay. is, is tinder dry, or literally tinder dry. Very, very scenery, very, very similar to where we were in Arizona. So, okay. low thorn bushes, sandy soil, bare rock, tinder dry, and then in the middle of it, you've literally got an oasis, um, which is this little tiny pond, which was man-made um, mm-hmm. back in uh, Victorian times and is now just abandoned, um, with reeds growing all around it. Um, and I looked there. There's a lot of trash there. European herping is all about flipping. It's it's completely different to um, you know right. as we did in Arizona, where you're listening for snakes. Our snakes aren't quite so uh, accommodating. They don't make any noise, so everything <laughs> is, is flipping. And particularly in the high temperatures, nothing was out. So I was herping really early in the morning, and mm-hmm. um, so around this pond, there's a lot of trash. There's big tractor tires. Mm-hmm. And uh, you probably at the gym flipped a tractor tire. It's not the yeah. easiest, not the easiest thing no. in the world. <laughs> no. Certainly not in really high heat either. <laughs> so uh, I was sweating ridiculously trying to flip these tires. Cleverly, because life sort of got in the way. Just before I went on the trip, I had a massively hectic time at home and at work. So. I literally packed for the trip two hours before I left. Normally, I'd do it days before. But right. we literally, literally was busy up to two hours before we left for the airport. And shit. I managed to forget my gloves, my snake gloves, I forgot, and all my charges for all my head torches and stuff uh. like that. Mate, what an amateur. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it was. It was like Owen going. Do you know what I mean? It, it, was, it was just terrible. So um, I'm flipping for the second most venomous snake in Europe with no gloves, which wasn't great. No, I don't recommend it. Kids, don't try this at home. Um, right. 
Ali, my partner, was with me, and she, although she's not a herper, she is a phenomenal herper. It's really, really weird. Oh, mate, she... I think it's... Because, you know, you know what it's like. You know about... We read about the species, we research the species, so we know what habitat to look in, we know what temperatures are good, and all these right. things. Because sure. she, does, she doesn't know any of that. She doesn't care. She just... Ah. And she's like a little wind-up toy. She's tiny, my missus. She's right. absolutely tiny, right? She, you know, she, she's probably... She says she's five foot. She's just five foot maximum. Um, she weighs less than my dog. And um, it's like an on-off switch. She said, what are you looking for? And I show her a picture and she's gone. And she does not stop. Flip a so, machine. <laughs> uh, she, she absolutely is. So uh, we've been herping for about hour and a half, two hours in this blistering heat. And I was in, I was like, I'm tired. We hadn't slept because of the flight times and stuff like that. And I said, I'm done. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. And she said, let's just flip that last tyre. I said, I can't be arsed. She said, no, go on, just flip it. So I flipped this big tractor tyre. And I said, oh, there's nothing underneath it. I just put it down. She said, no, there was something underneath it. Mm-hmm. I said, no, there wasn't. And I put my hand underneath and lifted it again. And where I put my hand within about six inches was a viper. It was so cryptic. Honestly, I've seen a lot of vipers in the wild, a lot of European vipers, a lot of Middle Eastern stuff. I have never seen anything this cryptic. It was wow. only the arrow shape of the head that caught my eye. Even when I'm looking at it, it was so hard to see. The wow. coloration, coloration is similar to a Sidewinder. So okay. like that, that, that sandy colour with the spots on it, which right. matched match the soil Perfectly. It's just perfectly. Uh, yeah, I would literally stupidly put my hand well within striking range of it. Um, fortunately, it just sat there looking at me. Um, and I, I managed to get some cracking pictures because it just didn't move. Um, right. Which was cool. And um, so that was the first Viper I found. And then uh, I ended up going, we went all over the island to other sites. A lot of the places that I've been recommended, uh, the water was dried up. Some of the river okay. valleys, there, there was just no standing water. We went to another famous site for it, a big lake. The lake had no water in it. It was just a massive mud, mud plain. Okay. Um, so I was thinking, oh, so I thought I'll go back to the same site. So I got up really early um, on the way to the, because I was walking. So it was about an hour's walk to get to this, this, this place. I managed okay. to find the, saw the green lizard, which was really cool. So that was another species that I, that I saw. And then, um, in, in, in the actual pond where the vipers are, are the frog, the Milos water frog. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd seen them. So I spent about another hour flipping stuff. There's there's lots of tin, flipping tins. And then I started photographing dragonflies because it was just too hot to flip. And I thought, I'm going to have sit down. I'm going to sit down and have a rest. And I sat on the bank of the pond and I just sat there going through my photos on the camera and I looked to my right and not two foot away from where I'd sat was the biggest European viper I've seen in the wild. Really? Curled up, curled up under a pile of leaves, literally within two foot of me. And I just saw one coil and I thought, that's an odd colour. And I looked over and I thought, my God, and this, vi- <laughs> this, this viper must have been getting on for a metre long and it was really thick. It had just eaten a couple of, I presume, a couple of water frogs or some small um, wading birds or something like that because you could actually see lumps down its body. 
which is clearly why clearly why it's just sat there and not bothered by me but yeah i was absolutely shaking because if i'd have sat down two foot to the left uh, sorry two foot to the right i'd have sat, I'd have sat on it wow yeah holy shit and the the venom of this species is super toxic um, oh wow! It's it, it's the same species, or it's it's very very similar to the blunt-nosed viper in Cyprus, okay. which causes causes a lot of um, serious medical issues. Um, so yeah, so cryptic. I mean, I, I know I sent you a picture, but it's so hard to see. It's really yeah. cool. Um, and, and the wall lizard was everywhere on the island. That was the easiest tick. We actually uh, <laughs> had, had the wall lizard round our apartment. Um, Oh, and, and yeah, and then we, uh, I was walking back, we was looking for cat snakes, which we didn't find, but I've seen cat snakes in a lot of different countries. Um, mm. So about 10 o'clock at night, we're walking back, and there's lots of dry stone walls. You don't get dry stone walls in the States, do you? Do you I don't think so. Stone? So no. all, over, all over Europe, Britain and Europe, a lot of the farming fields are split by dry stone walls. So they literally pile rocks on top of one another in a specific way. And these, okay. walls, these walls will stand for hundreds of years. Um, okay, but it's just like boulders piled on. So for snakes, it's a mecca because there's so many holes in that, and they get quite warm. So we were shining our head torches, looking along the dry stone walls, and then just across in front of me, I saw the uh, lovely leopard snake pop out. So I managed to grab it. It bit me so many times, but <laughs> it, it, it was worth it to get to get some decent pictures of it, which is which is cool. Yeah, so, that yeah, was it, a beautiful it, snake. It's it an <clears throat> incredible snake, but yeah, it was a really, in terms of herping, it was a really hard trip. Um, lots of didn't hours they, for not many species. Didn't they do, uh, didn't the, the uh, YouTube channel Live in Zoology do a thing on leopard snakes, if I'm not mistaken? I, th- I, I think I that's, where rich- yeah, yeah, that's I think where I originally so. saw them. I think. It's, a, it's a really widely distributed snake in Europe. Yeah. It's in a lot, a lot of the Greek countries, Montenegro, Macedonia, and places like that. But it's very, very like Pyromelana. You can't go out and flip one. You see it because it's come out. Yeah, you see it or you don't. You can't. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like the coral snake we found. We could have searched all week and not found one of those. Right. We, we were just lucky that it was crossing the path when we were, when we were there. And it, it's, it's the same for them. It's not really a species you can say, right, I'm going to go and target leopard snakes you right. have to be in the habitat and be lucky enough that one's you know one's it, come out it's almost like bycatch almost sort yeah of, you know it's like you're out there looking for other things and you stumble upon yeah you know, i've, I've yeah. never known on a trip for us to be able to say right we're going to find leopard snakes and find one but i've been on trips when we're looking for other stuff and it and just, just it, it, it just comes yeah. out yeah stunning stunning thing um, and the marine life out there, because obviously by lunchtime it was too hot to herp. Right. So I, I, I love being in the sea. So I, the fish were incredible. Just really? congreals and ornamental wrasse. Oh, just so did you stuff. snorkeled and all or dived? or? You, you didn't need to. Um, oh, the water, you just the saw them in the water? Is, <laughs> the water is so clear. Oh, wow. Crystal clear. So I, I, was sw- I was just swimming around looking at fish and, you know, I would literally, like, like a child, I would literally sit in the water just so that my shoulders are just out of the water and I'd just, uh-huh. be putting, just putting my face in and the fish are swimming all around you. It's oh, wow. absolutely incredible. Um, That's cool. Yeah, no, it, it was a great trip, but much harder herping than I thought it was going to be. Okay. 
Did it? Uh, I mean, you know, obviously Utah's the uh, the spot, but what's the trips lined up now? I mean, well, let me ask this question first. What's left on your list for Europe? So uh, for Europe, I have a lizard to find on a tiny, tiny little island. Oh, that reminds me, I, we caught the ferry across to another Greek island called uh-huh. uh, Kimolos um, to look for the vipers there. It's the same viper on Milos, but it gets bigger. But okay. But we couldn't find one. We found we found the subspecies of the lizard I was interested in, but we could we couldn't find um, the viper. Okay. But the vipers are bigger. But on my list is Naxos, which is a tiny little Greek island. It'll probably fit in your house. And um, there's a green lizard there, which I need to okay. see. I need to go back to Crete. Although I've seen the stuff on Crete, I didn't bother photographing the gecko there. And now they've made that a new species, which is annoying because it looks exactly the same as every. <laughs> It's it's the least interesting herp going. It is a tiny little gecko that is grey. That's it. It It's just of no interest whatsoever, but I have to see that. Um, And then I've got the bloody blotch snake. uh, Alifa suramantes just does my head in. I've done so many trips looking for it. I've done trips to multiple countries looking for it. I found a huge adult dead on the road. I cannot find a live one. Again, it's wow. another it's another one of those snakes that you can't go and look you can't specifically look for it. It'll right. just be it'll just be out. So those are the three things that I need to see next year. So I'll be doing trips to Naxos, Crete, and I'll probably go back to the Peloponnese for the blotch snake because there's lots of nice vipers there that I can get different photos of, even though I've seen them all. And that'll be the European list done. Thank God. <laughs> Finished. That's amazing. And, That's and, amazing. Well, it's, it's a lovely thing, but I guarantee you they'll split stuff and there'll be other trips in the future. But oh, at, least okay. I'll have, at least I can say I've finished the list um, and then I'm going to pound the States, mate. Um, if money and time allows, um, I'm you know, Utah. I'm super excited about Utah. Yeah, I me mean, too. You know, hoppy rattlesnake, midget faded rattlesnake, prairie rattlesnake, uh, yeah, maybe tiger rattlesnake, maybe sidewinders. If we're going, you know, it, right. slight, slightly into Arizona and stuff like. That. So many cool species there. Um, what's the other big one for Utah? There's another abyssus and. Hmm. There is one I more. I can't remember. There's another. There's another one. So there's mm-hmm. so many little rattlesnakes in that area, and mm-hmm. then um, I'm desperate to come and hurt with you, Owen and Keith. Um, Keith messaged me, said he's got some sites for me where he lives. Yep. Um, but yeah, I know it's your backyard. But Philadelphia, that sort of Pennsylvania, it's got so many great <laughs> herps. You really have. Yeah. You know, you've got the obvious, you've got the, you've got the obvious timbers, which is super high on my list to see. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got copperheads. Again, something I've wanted to see since I was a child. Just, right. uh, you know, there were so many different copperheads at the show. Just fantastic. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I want to see copperheads. But you've got hellbenders, you've got mud puppies, you've got... Um, picture of you've got so much stuff you've got so many species I think I can't remember I looked it up I think you've got over 40 species of salamander it's I think so yeah mental you know yeah then you've got your toads as well there's so much stuff there and again although for you it's not necessarily super exciting 
for me, it's like Arizona. Literally, everything I see will be brand new. You know, I'd be curious to see how you perceive the difference between the West and the East. Okay. Because in the East, it's just completely different. It's just completely different than the West. The environment, humidity, temperature, it's just, it's different, you know. Um, It's the the East where the um, Sistrurus is, Massasaugus. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when I say east, I mean like east coast, you know, Um, just uh, as opposed to out in in the west, you know. Oh, I got to see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's just it's 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 like night and day, you know. Let's Um, hope the uh, the food and the tea are better in uh, (laughs) your area. Well, I don't know about the tea, but well, maybe so. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Remember, we threw it all in the uh, in the ocean. Absolutely criminal. I still haven't forgiven your country for that, to be perfectly honest. That's the one thing you're mad at. That is the one thing. Yeah, that is the one thing. And I, again, if money and time allows, um, Ali's very keen to go to Florida. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because we were talking about that. And, um, you know, Matt had said to me at the Owens wedding, he's like, how come you guys don't, do you guys have any interest in herping Florida? And I said, well, I do. But it just seems that, you know, we're always more geared towards the West. Yeah, which yeah. is fine for me because it's so different than what I'm used to. But yeah. I think we're going to try to do uh, a couple like weekend trips because it's so, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's so easy to jump on a plane for the weekend and, you know, try go down to Florida and, and do some, some herping. Yeah, 100%. And, you know. I mean, you've got some cracking species down there. I mean, ah, yeah. You've got two rattlesnake species to see. Eastern diamondback is Eastern, high on my list. Eastern diamondback, <laughs> but you've got the pygmy rattlesnakes. And honestly, yeah, mate, I, I, yeah. I will lose my shit because I keep them <laughs> to, see, to see it in yeah. the wild would just be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go down into that area, maybe um, East Texas. I'd like to see, like, in, you know, okay. along that, like, uh, along the Gulf, Gulf of Mexico. Uh, oh, 100%. I mean, type of area. I was chatting to my friend um, who, who came away with us for the, for the snake day, and he does, he's a zookeeper. Or zoo manager, not zookeeper. You'll get cross at that. He's a zookeeper. It's a zoo manager, mm-hmm. um, and he used to have a breeding project in one of the zoos he worked in for the Aruba Island rattlesnake. Oh, and I would love to go to Aruba Island and see the uh-huh. rattlesnake. So that would be super interesting. Yeah, and do, do sort of Baja as well. That sort of area right. of America. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, there's so many great species down that way as well that I'd be so interested. You know, it's different subspecies of Sidewinder. You've got um, different coleonics there. Just, you've got rubber boas and, and rosy boas and stuff like that. It'd just be crazy to see that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'd really love to see a rosy boa. That was high on my list when we were out in California, but uh, so yeah. we'll have to head back there at some point. But uh, yeah. 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 I am. Yeah. I. I, I, I as much as I don't keep that stuff, I do find it quite uh, fun to find it in the wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know your collection's very Australia-centric, but I'm really surprised you don't keep rubber boas. Because you like Because anter- it's only kind of an American yeah. Antaresia. You know, it's... Yeah. I don't know. I never, I, you know, I, I think I probably have a, a block in the back of my brain 
from when I was kid. I, I don't know. It just seemed like they were. It's probably what I'm saying about the children's python is probably how it's in my head about the rubber yeah. boas. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. I think if I, I've never even seen a rubber boa, at all, wild or captive. Really, I, I used to breed rubber boas regularly. Yeah, they're, they're really cool. They're not not super interesting to keep because you never see them. You know, right. <laughs> you're, you're basically keeping a tray of soil. Um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, fascinating little things, and it's yeah. a boa. It's a boa. That's the that's the, what spins me out. You know, yeah, it, it's probably twelve inches long, and it's a boa. It's mad. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know that we have a native bow in the well, you know, one of the native bows in the U.S. is is kind yeah. of cool, you know. But uh, yeah, so, so much to see. <laughs> so, so mate, so many trips. I mean, I could. There's so many places I want to. I want to go to the, you know, not all next year, but I, you know, for for me, America is is like your Australia. I want to go to the Appalachian Mountains and look at all the salamanders there. I want to go to West mm-hmm. Texas and do your trip where you, you know, when you did the, the you know the Black Gap and on all that sort oh, of, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just so much stuff. I want to go back to Arizona. It's just amazing. I want to go yeah. back to you know a different part of Arizona. Um, more north, yeah. more, further more, up. Yeah, yeah f- further up. Just you know, try and get some tiger rattlesnakes and stuff like that. But you know, th- there's very few sort of areas in America that wouldn't be of interest to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, I, I was saying also at at the wedding that I I find it almost criminal that uh, I haven't been to Snake Road and I'm a yeah, snake 100%, enthusiast. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know. You know. How what have you, you not doing? done that? How have you not done that? Yeah. I mean, you know, messaging and back and forth. Dustin is killing it at the minute. Oh, that you kid. Know, you Holy have, shit. Uh, mate, you know, I'm pleased for him that he, he got Price Eye. At the yes. same time, I hate him because he got Price Eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? All that time we put especially, in. <laughs> all that time and effort, especially as he keeps showing me, pinging me pictures going, ah. <laughs> sort of no, I mean, fair play. He, yeah, he's a, he is a phenomenal herper. I mean, he's, he's always out. I love the fact that he's always out. He's always trying. That's how. I mean, I know we've got. You know, we're all older. We've got jobs and responsibilities and all that. I, mean, I don't know he's got a job, but at, at his age, you have less responsibilities. Yes, but he, yeah. he, we should emulate. He's always any spare minute. He's out. He's out herping. Doing it. Yeah. He's just crushing it. And he's, you know, and he's getting the results. He got his um, green rat snake, which was a—I know he wanted that for ages. What a great lifer to get! Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, he got price high as well. So, uh, yeah, you need to see everything in your state, Eric. There is no two ways about it. Yeah, that was another thing that we were talking about. So, uh, a friend of ours, Mike Curtin, he was there, and um, you know, he lives right by the Pine Barrens, and he was saying about. You know, I don't know if it was us and our herping trips or whatever, but uh, he's been inspired to sort of learn the Pine Barrens a hundred percent. You know, that's his that's, like area yeah. that he's going to focus on, and you know, that's great. Um, I think that's inspirational. Yeah, but I, I do think you. I, I keep moaning at you. I don't mean to moan at you, but I do think you all take what you have for granted because it's your stuff, and I suppose everyone's guilty of that. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah. it's it, but most of the stuff that you have in your area is so iconic for the rest of the world. I think if you spoke to most field herpers, the things they'd want to see above everything else would be rattlesnakes and hellbenders. 
<laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and you have, you know, if you're into amphibians, mm-hmm. the two, you know, pinnacle species for the people that are into amphibians are definitely going to be Japanese, Chinese giant salamander and mm-hmm. the hellbender. And you've yeah. got hellbenders in your state. And then right. you've, got, you've got mud puppies as well, which is another iconic thing. Um, but you've also got, you know, you've got your timber rattlesnakes there. You're, superb, mate. What a place. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you know I, I haven't actually went out particularly uh, to her per se, but um, what I've been doing is sort of um, you know, looking at um, uh, iNaturalist and sort of getting a feel where sightings are, and actually driving out to the area. Right, so come okay. springtime, I'm going to hit it hard, like what sort of similar to what Dustin does, like maybe yeah. once a week, try to get out just a spot, oh, yeah. walking around, learn it, you know, yeah. take some and notes. Hundred yeah. percent, you know, not just for the for the field trip, but just you know, for your mental health and your physical health. Yeah, that, that sort yeah. of stuff is is you know, it's it's priceless. You know, mm-hmm. we all work super hard. I mean, I know you work harder than most, but just to get out there, free your mind a little bit. Fantastic. Yeah, there was. Uh, there's a there's a guy I watch and um, he basically herp well, no 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 hikes um, Pennsylvania New Jersey and Maryland so he'll go to all these different spots and it's interesting because like uh, one of the one of the trails that he goes on he says you know watch because of you know probably in the first quarter of the of the hike you're gonna find rattlesnakes and where they're looking out like looking yeah. to not come into contact with them. I'm like, okay, we got to go there. Yeah. You know? I, hope you, I hope you've noted the spot down. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's, uh, I, 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 I met up with, um, uh, Robert and Jason, um, who live, uh, I went up and herped with them a bit and, um, they have some spots up there, but I was talking to Jason and, you know, saying similar to what Mike was saying, I was like, you, you know, we should pick a spot in Pennsylvania and, you know, really hit it hard, um, see what we can find. And yeah, so that's going to be, uh, that's a great new year's resolution. Be the spring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's really, yeah. Just get out there. I think that should be the message to anybody. You're not going to find it at home. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I find it interesting that, um, what you can learn out in the field, you can also apply yeah. To whatever it is that you keep, you know, that's it's kind of similar in a way. Um, but, uh, you know, you just start to see patterns of, uh, I'm sure, it's herping and, you, you know, snakes don't come out this time. They come out after this. They do this. You know, all these patterns will start to emerge when you do it enough, which is what inspires me from Dustin. You know, he's sort of, he knows that area. <laughs> you oh, know, my. I mean... <laughs> He's amazing. He, it's he impressive. Does. It is very, very impressive, and yeah. um, it's just so frustrating that <laughs> all the things he's finding is the stuff we want to see. It's the fact that we was at the exactly, exactly the same spot, you know, breathing out of our asses because we're old and he's like young. Yeah, you know, at altitude, sat in exactly the same spot where he's finding stuff that we really wanted to see. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I, I know I have to go back there. I cannot not have seen it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, interesting, though, that um, I was uh, – I think I talked to you about this in a message or something. But um, the one thing that I was doing wrong when uh, we were doing those hikes and stuff, and I'm breathing out my mouth, 
and I've like really been practicing breathing out my nose. And I know you were telling me when we were herping, but it's, yeah. I don't know why that's such a hard thing for me. But um, what a difference. Yeah, 100%. And you, you, yeah. Yeah, you'll be losing a lot less um, moisture. That. Yeah, it's just better regulation for you. You're yeah. going to be a machine, mate. You're going to be a machine <laughs> for, the new, for the new season. I'm hoping. <laughs> i got some time, but so, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what else? Did we hit? I guess we hit on everything. I don't know. We, we hit on a lot the, of stuff, didn't we? Yeah. We'll have to go more in depth on the uh, field herping trips. We got to get some uh, field herping podcast up. I we know do. people have been asking me, and yeah, I, I've been kind of slacking with those other ones. It's just time. And, it, mate, you, you are super busy, and particularly the field herping podcast is a lot of work to do. it's a lot of editing it's not like a yeah a, a quick chat podcast there is a lot of work to do on that sort of podcasts and you yeah. don't have you know you're you're a busy chap yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> fighting crime in the supermarket <laughs> oh mate it's just insane absolutely insane i just oh. what the hell <laughs> it's crazy the nice thing um was I uh, at the show? I got stopped by a chap who asked to have his photo taken because he's a big fan of NPR and uh, Venom Exchange Radio. No kidding. That's oh, really that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really, it's a nice thing to happen. Yeah. Owen oh, uh, in Owen's um, wedding when they before they exchanged their vows, they were talking about their their story of them too, and. Um, you know, they're going through it, and it said something like, uh, "Then Owen became a podcast celebrity," and <laughs> he talked oh. about his reptile life. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So, that is but, awesome. Uh, good times. All right. Uh, yeah, we're kind of at two hours, so I guess we'll cut it there. And uh, oh, I do. Yeah, appreciate you coming and uh, chatting with me. Oh, Keep always it a going. pleasure. <laughs> always a pleasure to chat, mate. Always a pleasure to yeah. chat. Cool. What, uh, what's on deck for Venom Exchange Radio? What do you got coming um, up with that? We have got, hopefully, um, Mark O'Shea talking about his bites. Um, Excellent. Trying to get some of the Spanish guys that did the paper that split La Taste to come on there, talk about it. Uh-huh. Excellent. Um, we would like to get Scott and Ty to come and talk about their new book which was great to see because uh, Chimera, Chimera, he's got it there. Look at that. I've, I've got a copy. It is, it is just a brilliant. If you're into elapids or if you're into venomous snakes in general, you mm-hmm. have to have to own a copy. It's, it is a tomb. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. What was nice is Chimera had a big stand at the um, at International Snake Day. And oh, there, okay. were, there was uh, Scott's book, Alongside Justin's, <laughs> Justin's <laughs> nice. book, which was really cool, yeah. So um, that was good to see. That was good yeah, to I see. gotta so, finish so, that before I go into the Elapid book. <laughs> well, again, but you need to get your Elapid book at least have an idea because you're going to be out there amongst the Elapids, mate. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it makes me yeah. a little nervous because they don't they're quite they react don't, the way rattlesnakes yeah. do. No, they don't. They don't play nice. They're no. uh, they're they're a, diff, they're a different level. Yeah, you know, they don't announce themselves either, which is mm. uh, which is different. Yeah, which is cool. So, okay, cool. Um, all right, I guess. Uh, well, with that, we will uh, we will end it, and uh, yeah. 
good times. Until next time, yeah, 100%.